0: Well, welcome to our first attempt at a patio conversation on Facebook Live. Uh, We are excited for everyone who's joining us now and as well as the individuals who might catch this a little later on when we put it on our website. Um, We're joined here by Kathy Gray today. She'll introduce herself in a little bit, but I just wanted to open up uh, this little interview. We're gonna be discussing uh, mental well-being during the age of coronavirus and beyond. And so uh, I'll open us up with a word of prayer. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Jesus, you made it clear to us that um, we're not supposed to be anxious about anything. You say that worrying about what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear is not going to add any hours or time to our lives. And we know that to be true. And yet we live in a world where um, we worry, we're concerned. Um, And God, a lot of us are feeling an extra heavy dose of concern and worry right now. And your word also teaches us that we are to cast our anxieties on you for you care for us, God. So help us to recognize that we do have anxieties, but that we can trust you completely with them and that you want to take them from us. So Jesus, we ask that you would work powerfully in this time. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So I am Pastor Luke. I am the associate pastor of the first half of life at Carmel Presbyterian Church, and I'll just give a little bit of context of what I've been dealing with for the past uh, almost two months now, as this shelter-in-place has uh, been underway in the Monterey County area. Um, I've noticed basically... Two kind of streams of thought, especially with uh, students and families, and that is uh, you've got half of them are very much concerned about following the letter of the law. And so they're dealing with something a little bit differently. Uh, They're dealing with just being at home a whole lot and um, navigating being around each other all the time and not being able to get out. And then I'd say the other half is uh, a little bit more laissez-faire about um, some of the, sh- the, the shelter-in-law rules right now. And so a lot of them, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. uh, are hanging out with each other, and that's somewhat to be expected. And I've noticed that the authorities don't give them any problems or anything like that. And so they're experiencing something completely different right now. Uh, they're getting to see some of their friends and hang out and uh, get a little break from schoolwork. But I think the shared experience is that um, all of their lives have been changed so drastically. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that I've seen change for them is that kids need routines. Mm -hmm. People need routines and they've just been obliterated. They don't have routines anymore. And Mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of confusion. They've lost Mm -hmm. their sports and their um, clubs and just being able to sit in the classroom and be around a bunch of different friends and people and their, and their teachers. Um, so it's just, they're just trying to survive right now and figure it all out. And what I've noticed, at least over the past week or so, that there's more receptivity to um, just some help. I think they've gotten to that point a little bit more, that uh, people are realizing that this is way harder and it's lasted way longer than they expected. And so um, they're starting to ask for help, which is a good sign. And so hopefully mm-hmm. some people can get some help tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. Dorothy? Okay. I'm Pastor Dorothy, and I have been here at the church for five and a half years. And I am the pastor to second half of life. And actually for these last eight weeks that we've almost, that we've been doing this, my experience has been pretty much the... Um, the fact that people are feeling very much isolated. Mm-hmm. And so even if you are not living alone, but you are just, especially in second half, a uh, husband and wife, not being able to see their grandkids. Um, I know yeah. that personally that has been, was really hard for me, mm-hmm. especially when you have that connection often. And, and especially for your personality type, mm-hmm. you know, i I know people that are, are loving, not many, but are, are just mm-hmm. sort of fine. It's nothing has changed, mm-hmm. but for those that are extroverts, and um, like me, and really love the you know the interaction with other people. It's it is it sometimes very very lonely, mm-hmm. and um, and the nervousness sometimes that you feel just to, with the news and things like that, and wondering. I think that this is really timely that we're doing the interview right now, because we kind of had set up that we would be back you know mm-hmm. done with this. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our hope in California was that by the first of May, we would be back mm-hmm. and we'd have church and everything would be back. And when they announced last week that we'd be another at least another month, it was just really hard, mm-hmm. really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the context of what I'm experiencing right now. Kathy, why don't you tell us about you, please? I'm
2: Kathy Gray, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I've specialized in sexual addiction and other addictive processes for about the last 35 years. And what I've seen in my clients, first of all, what you said, doroth about May 1st, the week right before May 1st, everyone was having a much more difficult time yeah. because the end in sight was no longer in sight. Right. And we know from studies that we can cope with pain if there is an end in time. Our ability to cope with pain is much heightened, but when it goes on and on and on, it's much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Some of the other things I've seen is an increase in addictive processes, Mm -hmm. eating, spending, gambling, porn, alcohol, lots of wine drinking, lots of different addictive processes, Mm -hmm. and codependency. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen a tremendous amount of strong recovery work with people going online for 12-step meetings and connecting and continuing the routine. There's been a lot of losses. A marriage that was planned for June that now was changed. Um, And 10 people came instead of 200. Um, People that have experienced childhood trauma, this wakens up the sense of having a loss of control having anxiety and fear, having more stress and not knowing what to do with it. And so it wakes up um, sleeping giants from the past. And it's a time where the
1: vulnerabilities become louder. Well, I want to start off with, the, with a question, Kathy. We know that everybody's going through a lot of stress. Yeah. But why is it that COVID-19 stress is different than, mm. than the stress we had before? And, and I'm going to use the combination stress and
2: grieving mm-hmm. because stress is really triggered by loss. Mm. And there's a tremendous amount of losses going on right now that are very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Uh, a loss of routine of attachments, daily attachments, Um, people, work, education, school, best friends, grandchildren. I have three adult children that are married and six grandchildren and I just yearn to hug my grandchildren Mm -hmm. and to hug my kids and so those attachments are being under, are, are being taken away temporarily and typically stress and grief has a focus point. You've had a loss of a loved one, or you've lost a job, or you've lost a pet. But these are daily losses that we don't even know about until we try to do it, and it's gone. Mm -hmm. Being at the grocery store and someone does something kind for you and they can't see you smile. Or you can't see them smile. And so there's... A lack of clarity as to what the losses are and what what the direction is, when is it going to end, Mm -hmm. and what else is going to change, it it affects our sense of identity. And one aspect of stress is the high level of uncertainty. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that's huge. And again, when we grieve, usually we grieve something specific. So we go through the five steps of grief, which would be denial, and anger, depression, or bargaining is in there, and acceptance. But when we don't have a, something specific, then that loss floats around like a cloud. So we're in fog mm-hmm. a lot.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I completely, I heard that term ambiguous loss maybe four weeks ago, and that's helped me a lot Mm -hmm. because, uh, I sense that something's wrong and I don't know how to pinpoint what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, also I've noticed that, uh, you mentioned some of the unhealthy things that people are are picking up in order to cope with this time right now. Um, I, for one, learn a lot from basically what not to do. Mm -hmm. So I think highlighting some more of just those unhealthy, Things That are emerging out of this. Yeah. And then also to give us perhaps some healthy habits that we can bring Great. into our life, incorporate into our life. I've switched over. I, I have a common practice of having a spiritual director mm-hmm. as well as a therapist. Yes. And so now I meet um, every other week online with my therapist. What a gift
2: you're is, giving yourself to yeah, have both.
0: I couldn't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. <laughs> How wise. So that's just one of my yes. healthy habits. Yes. I could list a whole bunch of unhealthy habits, but, <laughs> but I don't. I won't do that right now. Um, Thank you. So, some, so of the health, Kathy.
2: some of the unhealthy habits um, is the gather of information. If I know enough information, if I get enough information, I can take care of my stress. But unfortunately, it does exactly the opposite. The more information you get, the more agitation you will experience, and the more information you want. Because it's kind of like um, a slot machine. Every time you pull that, that arm and you're waiting for the, the different cherries to come up, you get a dopamine surge when they come up. That's how searching for information is. Every time you get a new piece of information that you think affirms or confirms what you believe, you get a dopamine hit. And dopamine is the most addictive chemical our body creates. So that searching on social media, on the news, especially social media, fuels the dopamine surge. And it just depletes the dopamine and we become empty and fatigued and depressed. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the number one, foundational.
0: So what would be, if you could quantify it, mm-hmm. how much news consumption would you recommend if you could quantify be it? Be
2: intentional, number one. Limit it to maybe a half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night, not before bedtime.
0: I always do it, that's my last not thing before bedtime.
2: Not before bedtime. Bed. <laughs> Your dreams will be crazy. Yeah. Last night was horrible. <laughs> yes, it will be, it will be, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And again, social media has much of the same effect as the news does. It's about raising agitation. Mm -hmm. And the more agitated you are, the more you're going to watch.
0: And you mentioned some of the addictive behaviors, um, Mm -hmm. but also just the the slight changes that we make in ramping up some unhealthy habits, like perhaps eating the wrong things, these comfort foods. Um, April was not a good month for my waistline Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to make May a little bit different yes so are you seeing a lot of that of just a lot okay
2: a lot and also allow yourself you know deprivation always balances out with binging so you don't want to go the other way to deprivation Mm -hmm. so allow yourself my gift my treat is popcorn I get popcorn when I get home tonight Dark chocolate? Oh, there you go. So um, allow yourself some, but don't go into the deprivation. And give yourself compassion. Self-compassion. We need it. We need to give it to our kids, especially you've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Things are going to be different. This is temporary. This is not the rest of our lives. It's temporary. And to try to find pleasure in small things, for whatever reason, ever since the quarantine in place has happened. We have a wild turkey that walks around (laughs) our yard, our house, and at 5.30 in the morning, it gobble gobbles. And it just fills me with joy. So search, I don't know where he came from. Search for different things of joy, because we need
1: to have Hope.
0: My two-year-old does the same thing at 5:30, and gobbles. it's
1: not—it's
0: not a joyful experience no, for it me. Wouldn't
1: be. <laughs> but Kathy, that you're talking about that the joy, but I see <coughs> so many people, mm-hmm. and I—and I, and I would—I would never say this is me, of course. But um, there's a lot of annoyance yeah. right now. I yeah. mean, the people that go on the wrong way in Safeway, yes, and the ones that don't mute on Zoom, yes, I find—I <laughs> find that some people. Um, of course not me, but but yeah. it's, you're easily annoyed. So yeah. what, tell me about how we can how do we handle that?
2: Well, I want to address first where it comes from. Yes. One of the mistakes we make as believers is that we often think that feelings are bad.
1: Mm that
2: I can't be angry at what's going on, or I can't be sad, or I can't grieve. So we stuff it under the rug, and then there's this big lump in the rug, and we trip over it, and we get irritable. (laughs) So people that you're dealing with that in the dailiness of your life, they've got fears and anxieties and anger. Mm -hmm. And when we're afraid, We build walls around us. Mm -hmm. And we already have these walls of the masks and social distancing, which fuels our fear because then we get afraid of the walls we build, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm afraid of you before I even start (laughs) because of what's going on. And so if. You you gave a great example
1: about when you were walking. Oh yeah. Would you share that? Yes, because when I was walking on on the yes. beach. Yes. Um people were coming towards me and there was hardly mm-hmm. anyone there. Right, right. But they were they were wearing masks and we are not yes. you don't have to wear a mask when you're walking right but they immediately went off the path way off into and the. And how did you plant. feel i was i felt annoyed with them yes but i also felt like i was you know i should have been the, like the leper saying unclean yes unclean. and so i was yes. i felt like they were rejecting me
2: and that i i really appreciate you sharing that because that's such a common feeling mm-hmm. and then if we feel less than or plague don't come near me mm-hmm. then we have a negative angry reaction as well My husband's name is Dean and we were walking three days ago down this path and a woman was coming in the same, the opposite direction. And she moved over into the side of the street and Dean said, thanks. And she looked at us and she said, oh,
1: you're welcome. And so you're making me feel guilty now. No,
2: no. (laughs) This is about us reframing the story Mm -hmm. and changing the narrative and giving grace to each Mm -hmm. other which is what we need more than anything because this is hard and if if there is a a real key it's for us not to keep pushing our feelings underneath the rug Mm -hmm. we can say to each other i am really ticked off today this has been a hard day for me pray for me Mm -hmm. let me tell you why it's so hard today Mm -hmm. so we can let it yeah,
1: and I think that everyone has different, you know, the different contexts of where they're living, right? Definitely. Because definitely. Your experience, Luke, is completely different than mine yeah. with with having little toddlers compared to you know, um, so many of the people I know right now are are living alone. And mm-hmm. I got an email from someone today that said the silence is deafening. Yes. And I'm sure that you would sometimes, Luke, want that, right? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, we, have, we have whole different experience. And, yeah. and sometimes th- even finding how to connect is really hard when um, online things just doesn't do it for us, like Zoom. Well, because
2: also, especially when you're living alone, one of the biggest losses that we're grieving as a society is physical touch, mm-hmm. a handshake, a hug. We don't know how things are going to be different when this changes and shifts. And when, when I saw you six months ago and I'd hug you, there was a chemical reaction that would happen. Oxytocin would be released. Mm-hmm. And that's a bonding hormone. And it makes me feel good. And it bonds me to another human being. Well, I don't get that from Zoom. I get feedback.
1: You get annoyed when people oh, don't mute. When they don't <laughs> mute.
2: And so it's totally yeah. different. Yeah. So when people live alone, there's a real need And this is hard. There's a real need for them to reach out even once a day and be intentional to call one person Mm -hmm. and to be outside every day for a little bit of time Mm -hmm. to listen to the birds and not to compare ourselves to others and what they're doing. I'm an introvert. You're an extrovert. Last thing in the world I want to do is call someone. Mm -hmm. That's hard for me. I'd rather sit and read a book or a quilt, or go for a walk. And so don't compare our losses or how we're wired with anyone else. We always come up losing. Yes,
0: Kathy, I don't think we necessarily prepared this question, but I think it is something that is shared, and I've I've read some articles about it, but not too many, don't worry. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems to be that there's this shared human existence right now of a lack of motivation which seems really weird considering a lot of us find more time on our hands, but we're feeling more depleted and exhausted mm-hmm. and lacking the motivation to, to do our schoolwork, to do our exercise, all of those things. Is there a reason for Absolutely. that? Absolutely.
2: Okay. When, when you think of driving and there is, and, and it's winter and there is a fog, it takes much more concentration to drive. You're looking, Um, You don't want to run off the road. You don't want to hit that other car that's coming. You like to follow a car so you can see their brake lights so you know when to stop. We're in a fog right now. We're in a fog of not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if I have allergies now, you not knowing when I cough, if I'm sick, not knowing how long this is going to last. And that fog tires me out. Doing Zoom, we know from studies, is much more exhausting than talking face-to-face. Doing FaceTime, much more exhausting. Going to the grocery store takes so much more effort. Dean, did you take your face mask? Do you have your gloves? Do I have my list? Um, We don't want to go there. The line's too long. Doing life takes more energy. And our emotional reserves are really depleted right now. And sleep is not filling them up. So we're going to be more tired, more irritable. We're not going to have the motivation. I was going to clean out all my closets. (laughs) I did two drawers, (laughs) and it's eight weeks. This is just the reality of (laughs) it. Yeah. So give yourself compassion and grace. And really give your kids compassion and grace.
0: I know I'm already wired this way, so it, I I really do need your help on this one. It's I get that part of giving myself grace and compassion and giving it others, but I also don't want to use that as a green light in my own life yes. or give people kind of carte blanche. Yeah. You can do whatever you want because yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic, which is probably, it's not true, but you know yes. I would err on the side of grace, but at the same time, You said people are making unhealthy decisions, so we can't just say, oh, it's all grace right now.
2: Absolutely not, because some of what we're practicing now, we're going to have to unlearn when this changes. (laughs) And it's going to be really difficult with our kids with the younger kids, with the teens, to bring back the use of social media. So if I start being cranky and unkind and fearful all the time, I've got some real work to do after the fact. Mm. There's some great things I read about for married couples, and I loved it, and for families. And that was a one free pass today. And that you have a little piece of paper, and it says one free pass. And you can hand it to a spouse or a kid when you've done something stupid or unthoughtful, which means you recognized it, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I'm sorry, I apologize for doing this. And it's, it's bringing some humor in, but it's also bringing in the reality. And another one free pass for the week Your wife's going to like this. Is she gets to choose it one day a week and say, Here's my one free pass. I don't want to cook tonight. I don't want to do the dishes tonight. Or you may use it and say, I don't want to. My sons are the cooks. I don't want to cook tonight. But it's us giving ourselves a break, but continuing to work together as a family unit. I'm going to mention this later, but I just saw two of them today. Um, Life lessons from Mrs. Wiley's or Wyler's Kitchen, and they're wonderful. They're for kids, but they're great for grown-ups as well, and it's how we all work together as a family to pick up the dog poop, to empty the dishwasher, to be kind and gentle to one another, and to talk about that. It's great. Yeah one of the things that dean and i did also as we talk about creating a positive reframe is the first week of the covid shelter in place one of the things i wanted him to do was to go through all the boxes of pictures so we pulled four big boxes out and we found all of our love letters and our cards and we read them to each other And it brought back these feelings of love and connectedness. And it made us remember why we chose each other and how we like each other. And it's been helpful to come back to that when we're really tired of each other. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get tired of each other. Mm. And it's going to be overwhelming at times.
1: You know, that reminds me when when my dad retired. Yes. um, My mom one day said to him, I married you for better or worse, but not for lunch. Oh, that's great! And so I day think in that and day right out. Now it's day in and day it out. It is right. It so is. F- it, it must sometimes for on. But um, the other thing that I've noticed is that I find just as I can be annoyed, I find that things just crack me up in the most interesting times. Do you mean crack you up like, like laugh? laughing? Laughing. Isn't that, I, that wonderful, though? I, when I, w- I was walking on the beach yesterday, and there was a guy who had a little dog in his in a front pack, like the baby <laughs> yes. with his dog. And I don't know why, but... Was it Ben just, Bransford? <laughs> <laughs> no, but those, there are some little things that in this, yeah. you just they just, you know, really, they're really humorous. And, right? Dorth, that's part of what is the
2: paradox of, of life mm-hmm. is that we can hold the sorrow and the loss and the anxiety and worry now but we can also hold the joy and the fun and the silliness and the the joy of now simultaneously mm-hmm. even though they're conflicting feelings mm-hmm. we've got to have that laughter we have to have that fun i, I need it i yeah. need it yeah. we all need it
1: yeah.
2: absolutely
1: yeah
0: i guess i'm playing a little bit of the devil's advocate here um of course but uh, that's <laughs> Kind of what I do sometimes, but indeed, it's, I guess for me, I'm very weary of people just immediately saying, like, find the silver lining or Mm -hmm. focus on what's good in your life. Right. Yes. Um, Which I hear a lot, especially in Christian circles and church circles. Right. And so I think sometimes that that's unhelpful in a person's grieving process and mourning process. And also I think what's happening, at least for this pandemic, Mm -hmm. is that people have not really started to deal with some of this stuff yet. So how do we help people to first recognize that Mm -hmm. they are grieving something, they are mourning something, so that they can begin the process? Not to mean that the the sky is falling and doom and gloom, but a a more realistic picture of what life is like right now. Mm
2: -hmm. I think that the way we do anything is by starting with us. Whenever I can share with someone and be emotionally vulnerable and transparent, that's what emotional intimacy is. That Mm -hmm. connectedness comes from that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So when I can share, last week you and I were talking about this communal um, grieving that our whole world is experiencing and that it's so it's so ambiguous, but it's so real. It's the loss of the illusion of control. It's the loss of power. It's the loss of choices. When I shared that with you and then you shared with me, what you were experiencing, we touched emotionally on a deep, real visceral level. And that's where we start is we share it with others. Mm -hmm. And, and if I'm alone, I speak it out loud to the Lord. I speak it out loud to the tree. I speak it out loud. And it, it's real. And what you said about the saying, oh, it's, it's okay. Be in gratitude. Look for the silver lining. That minimizes the reality of this is hard. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have, in our generation, in our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, no one has experienced this. This is very hard. There's another statement that is really unhealthy that just makes me cringe is, well, what's the new norm? Oh. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know what the new norm <laughs> is, right? Yeah. And Luke, earlier you talked about the high school kids and that this is the first week they're starting to say, this is hard. Developmentally, that's right on for high school kids, for teens. My concern for teens is when this is over Mm. and they are in college or they're a senior in high school and they recognize, uh, it brings tears to my eyes, I didn't graduate. Mm. I lost the prom. I missed the first uh, semester of college Mm. and moving in the dorm. There's going to be grieving just because everything changes doesn't mean the grieving stops. Mm -mm. It continues. Different. It changes. Mm
0: -hmm. So it'd be helpful to to kind of even dive into some We've we've touched a little bit on families that have kids Mm -hmm. and married couples, so we can go a little bit more into that, but also um, to get more into the people who are living by themselves and what they're dealing with. So since you said I should share my vulnerability so that, Others can benefit from it. Yeah, Judah is, will be two in two weeks, mm-hmm. and Silas just turned four. Mm-hmm. Um, Lalia is a healthcare worker, so she works Monday and Tuesday. That leaves me at home mm-hmm. working and also watching a two- and a four-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. And what I've noticed in myself is that I exercise so much willpower in that time. That when Lalia comes home, it's like I f- feel like I'm entitled to mm-hmm. check out, like here are the yeah. kids. I'm done. Like I put in my time. I've I've tried. I've tried so hard to not be impatient with the kids and things like that. That now I just need to get out of the house. And I know that some of that is healthy, but also yeah. I just I want to make sure um, I'm doing it in an even more healthy way than just like
2: it's it's not only healthy it's normal it's closet time it's the old joke husband's home wife's home i'm going to go in the closet now mm -hmm. for a half an hour just to get some silence so if you and lalia can talk about she's coming home from a real stressful job what does she need What do you need? And maybe, if as you two talk about it before, not then at the moment, but you have a plan that, okay, you can be with the kids for another half an hour while she showers and kind of decompresses, gets sweats on, and then she takes over for an hour or 40 minutes. So you can go for a run and do what you need to do to refill your tank. Mm-hmm. We all have these buckets inside of us that we need to refill so we can give from the overflow and not empty us out so much. And let me tell you, a four-year-old and a two-year-old really empties you out. Yeah,
0: they big do. Time. And I know I know, kids are resilient, and so that's the thing I yes. keep coming back to. They are. But there's still huge concern that I'm sure other parents yeah. are dealing with, of like, is this going to negatively impact my children yeah. and if so what's going to happen to them and for how long academically mentally socially all of these things mm-hmm. um silas loves shelter in place because he gets like four hours of tv a of day course. which we would never allow yes judah now is who used to be the most loving kid mm-hmm. is terrified of yes. every human being because this two-year-old one he hates masks mm-hmm. so he sees every person wearing a mask because it's this, bad guys yeah second sure. thing is we moved to the other side of the road, yes. and so he just now associates people equal bad. Yes. So, and we're going, when this is over, is yeah. he going to just not like anyone? <laughs> so yeah. what are the, the impacts going to be?
2: It starts with you knowing your children. And one person defined kids as summer daisies and summer orchids. Mm. And daisies, they can grow anywhere. And they just flourish and they get bigger. And orchids, I've had this one orchid for four years and it still isn't flowering. Mm -hmm. And I do everything for it. And so as you study your children, you know which ones are the orchids. And they're going to need more time, more words, more tenderness. And they may, and you won't know yet, they may need some extra help whether it's counseling or support, little support groups. When this is over, about 20% of children are orchids, about 20%. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they have emotional problems. They just are wired differently. And truly for your little guy that's two, he takes everything literally. And his lifespan is so small that this is a huge aspect of his life. Your four-year-old, it's not as large of an aspect. Your life, it's a blip, even though it's a deep blip. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you're going to do with Lalia is talk to him as you're doing and try not to go into the future and write the story about what his problems or issues are going to be because you don't know. Mm -hmm. You're just going to be present with him in the here and now with what he needs now. And one thing that you can do to help him, of course, he's not old enough to draw, but... Who? He, the two-year-old, oh, yeah, no, right? I mean, the four-year-old, of course he does. Silas would
0: be very insulted if you told <laughs> the him he two-year-old.
2: couldn't draw. The yeah. two-year-old is the one that takes things so literally about the bad men uh-huh. wearing the masks and whatnot. But you can get a magazine and you can have him draw masks on, on the faces and he can scribble over them mm-hmm. after he's drawn the masks on them he can get his feelings out by scribbling, mm. by showing that feeling, mm. yeah.
0: And then just, sorry, following mm-hmm. up on that, what about some of these parents who might be watching who have teenagers or, or young adults, or even for grandparents who have adult yes. children, so I'm just trying to cover all the bases of... It's a lot. Yeah, I know. Okay.
2: First of all, with teens, really recognize the main thing with teens, it's their social connections. So you're going to have to be very open to them spending more time on social media. This is for now, this is necessary. And that lots of the literature that I've read, the kids are getting a lot more of their education done in a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. And this is giving them more free time. So recognize that and recognize that they're going to spend time in their room and be away from you. College kids that come home, you may not see them at all. (laughs) That's normal. They're used to doing their own life. Yeah. Watch for depression. If the isolation, sleeping all day, staying in their room day after day, continues for two weeks, get some extra help. But it's going to look that way yeah. for a while of them isolating more and listening to music and being on social media and being irritable and being cranky with you and pray for patience. Yeah. You really need patience. You know, and Kathy,
1: I think that, what you're saying right now, also applies to to um, what we consider our senior saints. Yes. You know, because there's also those that are living in, you know, sometimes we can call it the sandwich generation. Yes. So I have had um, parents whose who's grown kids are struggling that may have lost their job. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they also have parents who are in... A um, you know retirement facility mm-hmm. or assisted living who they can't see yeah and I think that one of the things that's really hard is the is the lack of control because we now mm. we don't have a choice no and I think that's one of the one yeah. of the hardest things right and I recognize that not having a choice I think that's no. one of the biggest communal grievings we
2: have is not having a choice right. and one of the things that you said just reminded mm-hmm. me. We need to be careful of not having everyone else's feelings.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We we have enough on our plate to carry our own feelings. Mm-hmm. I can't spend time worrying about how my granddaughter is doing and my grandson are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. about surrender. And the serenity prayer, you can go online and look it up, is wonderful. It's about knowing what we can control and what we can't, yeah. and surrendering what we can't control and praying for those things and surrendering them. Um, I do want to give three, four resources, especially for parents of young kids. One is a podcast. It's called, But Why? It's a podcast for curious kids. It's great. Another one, is Little Life Lessons from Mrs. Weller's Kitchen. She's a school counselor mm-hmm. and she has puppets and she does about a 15 minute little life lesson. Great to watch it at breakfast with your kids and talk about it, young kids as well. And PBS Kids, they have wonderful yeah. things available. Mm-hmm. And then Audible Books has free audiobooks for kids. And then this is for grown-ups. And this is something that I have subscribed to for years. It's called Psych Central Newsletter. And it addresses how to deal with your kids during this time. How do I deal in marriage? How do I do this as a single adult? It is a wealth of information, a wealth of information.
1: So we'll have that on right on our somewhere it should be listed somewhere yeah it'll be somewhere for you to find
0: um so it's helpful to have those resources and we've talked kind of around and a little bit about marriage as well Mm -hmm. um and so i I talked to another family who have young kids and just the fact that uh, you could be in the same house with your spouse day in and day out and you don't have a conversation like an adult conversation or any sort of intimacy with that person. um, Are you finding that that seems to be more the norm during this season with people or how are, because I hear all of the jokes. I don't like them um, about, you know, divorce attorneys are going to make a killing after all this is said and done. So how we as the church, Mm -hmm. Help go against kind of the movement of our society of saying this is going to be really bad and say, no, we're going to claim this for Jesus and say this is going to be a really good thing for marriages.
2: I think one thing that stress does is it highlights and magnifies cracks within a relationship that are already there. And we just need to own that and recognize Mm -hmm. it. This is a stressful time. And so some of those cracks are going to be real evident. And so that if we, as a believing community, can begin to address some of these issues ongoing, Mm -hmm. this won't be the last time. But to talk about how do you deal with conflict? How do you communicate about difficult things? How does my family of origin impact my relationship with my husband? Big time. Mm -hmm. But to talk about these things and give tools. This is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it as an opportunity and step into it, then there's going to be lots of options that we can, as a church community, begin to minister to. Mm -hmm and answer some of the needs and the questions. And so a couple that's not talking, they probably weren't talking about difficult things before, but now it's, the heat is turned up, mm-hmm. so there are lots of things that are difficult. And they just, oftentimes, what I see in my practice, people just need tools. Yeah. And once they have a tool and know how to use it, it helps.
0: Give an example of one of those tools.
2: One of the tools, especially for a married couple, and they're spending time together, like your mother and your father. Um, I, I read this, and I thought this was great. The, the wife had a purple shirt. And she, whenever she put that purple shirt on, it meant to her husband, this is during this time, I need 40 minutes alone time. I'm not going to go in my closet. But I don't want you to talk to me, ask me <laughs> questions, or interrupt me. And he had a sweatshirt. And it had the same deal. I thought that was wonderful. Another thing that I read that was super was a reconciliation walk. That in the evening, they would walk together. Because when you're walking together, it's not as intense. You're not looking at my face eye to eye. So I can say, you know, it really hurt my feelings when you said that my dress was a little tight because i'm not looking at him face to face and we can talk about it Mm -hmm. and then we can move on and leave it and let it go Mm -hmm. so creating healing opportunities now people aren't going to come up with these ideas themselves so us as a church community let's put out a newsletter Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of these tools if a person can find one tool that helps them it's amazing And the things that are so destructive in any relationship, parents to teenagers, husbands and wives, siblings, criticism, Mm -hmm. stonewalling, treating another person with contempt, Mm. these things are so destructive. And it's about recognizing them and making some adjustments.
0: I think we have a a little bit of time to take some questions from the online audience now. I already have one, unless there's something that you wanna say before we take a few questions. Go for it. Go for it, okay. We've got two coming in. The first one is, how does being transparent about our own feelings help others find their feelings?
2: It gives permission to even talk about feelings. Mm -hmm. It creates safety. Often, we don't talk about feelings because either it's not familiar for us to, we weren't raised talking about feelings, or it doesn't feel safe enough. So when I talk to you about my feelings, I'm giving you permission mm-hmm. to do the same, and I'm creating safety. Mm-hmm. Now, another important part of safety is what you share with me. I'm not going to go and share with Dorothy. Yeah. It's about boundaries and keeping things safe. Yeah. All right. We've
0: got another one coming in. Um, let me pull this one up. It's got some abbreviations in there that I might not know. I
2: think it's so cool that you can read your wrist. Yeah. And you know I these know. questions. We are
0: in the future. Wow. Okay. The question is, how might we prepare to eventually go back to life, like in real life, mm-hmm. when we've gotten used to certain parts of what we're experiencing right now? How do we adjust to Mm -hmm. returning to some old, familiar
2: ways? I'm going to take the first part of that because it's really important. I can't prepare for the eventuality because I don't know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. I can only work at staying as awake and aware and intentional in doing life now that I can. Some of the real difficulties will be changing digital technology patterns. That's gonna be very difficult. Mm. It's gonna be difficult for introverts to go out into the world again. So part of it is how we're wired. My husband is an extrovert, he can't wait. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of it is how we're wired. Part of it is recognizing just as it's taken at least eight weeks, and we're still not used to this, to get used to what we're doing now And no one could prepare us for it it's going to take a while to get used to what the next chapter looks like so we're going to need to help one another with tools and skills and modeling to each other we're all learning together Mm
0: -hmm. and this person is amanda just clarified the abbreviations for me they're also wondering about the idea that they've Specifically, started working from home. Yes. And what it looks like if they do have to go back to work? Are you saying to mm-hmm. to basically not worry about it yet?
2: No, that is a different situation. If you know, first of all, many jobs are going to continue at home right. for perhaps a year or more. But if you know that your job, you're going to go back before that time starts, you want to start talking to your children about that you need to talk to your pets about it too because they're really going (laughs) to have a hard time but you need to start putting words to it and if at all possible if you can slowly do it three days the first week economically it may not be possible but recognize that when you go back that the kids are going to go through a real time of painful adjustment. They're going to regress. They're going to act out. They're going to be more irritable. Thing, you are too, by the way, because you've got to wear clothes now. <laughs> it's just more difficult. So there is going to be an adjustment on that specific thing. Talk about it. Talk about it. Hopefully it coincides with the kids going back to school, but it may not.
0: I hope so. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we have any more online coming in right now. Dorothy, do you have any other questions that you have for Kathy? Hi,
1: Kathy. I am just, you, this has been so helpful to me because you have sort of put into uh, making it okay to feel the f- way we feel. Yeah. And, and I love what you said that we can't take on others' emotions. Mm. We can't you know? do that. And that was that's really important. We can't do that. Especially for me. And what I do, it's um, I have a lot of empathy. Yes. And, and it, it is um, a challenge because yes. I feel the, the pain that yes. people are going through, mm-hmm. right?
2: People that are empathic carry mm-hmm. such an emotional burden mm-hmm. and it's it's a part of this grieving is what it is when you read the information, when you hear from a friend, when you experience the changes. So it helps to create a, a screen, a filter, mm-hmm. so you don't let it all come in. And to recognize that some empathy is valuable. Too much empathy, and you're going to drown. Mm-hmm. and. Just as some people that I've seen in my own practice have early childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and this wakes it all up, some people struggle with codependency. Mm -hmm. And this really wakes it up. Mm -hmm. Or addictions. Mm -hmm. This is the time to go and find an online 12-step group. Mm -hmm. And one of the great locations is called In the Rooms. Mm -hmm. And they have Every 12-step group available Mm -hmm. for anyone, all different times. And the other place it's great to go to is to the CR, Celebrate Recovery, Mm -hmm. which is Mm Christian-based, or AA, Mm Al-Anon, SLA. There are online meetings. There's different places
1: to help. And I think that that's also part of the problem right now is that, um, or the reality, is that we have covid Yes. But we also have what goes on anyway, right? Alongside and, of it. And, it's, yeah. and there's all yes. of that that's just normal life yes. or things, you know, where, and, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's just sometimes difficult because we're going, wait a minute, this just makes it more yeah. complicated because there's this, but there's that still going on. And Dorothy, I wanted to address too, mm-hmm.
2: you work with many individuals that have lost one, loved ones, lost mm-hmm. spouses. This period of time of losses wakes up mm. that oh, yeah. bottom layer of grief, even if it happened 5, 10, 20 years ago. Mm. It wakes it all up, and it brings it to the top, and it, it makes the feelings of loss that much more magnified. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to recognize that for others and for ourselves as well. Absolutely. That really yeah. is helpful.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, we have five minutes left before we have to jump off, and I'm going to put you on the spot with one question. So you've got two pastors in our church right now. Mm -hmm. Um, What can the church be doing better to help with mental health, mental Mm -hmm. well-being? Or what are we doing well that we could do more of in this season? So so how can we help people not just have a question and answer interview with you, which is a great start, Mm -hmm. but Where do we go
1: from here? And you're welcome to step on our toes right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to
2: step on your toes, but I am going to step on the toes of our Christian community Mm -hmm. as a large uh, in whole. And that is we often shy away from talking about emotional well-being or emotional problems. We shy away from sharing our own struggles. Um, Luke, you shared many years ago about your struggle with anxiety. That gave so much permission for so many people to say, oh, it must be okay to be a strong Christian and to struggle with the reality of anxiety. So I think that we need more messages Sunday morning. The whole message doesn't have to be on depression, but certainly we can talk about David crying on his bed with the tears floating on his bed and wanting death to come. We can talk about that we as believers can be angry, but how do we not let the sun go down upon it? We can talk, have things on our website of resources to go to. We're going to, I hope we're going to have on the website some internet filters that we need to put in place for our young kids and even our teenagers and for ourselves (laughs) Um, so that we can talk about what's real offering resources, offering workshops, offering from the pulpit what's real, and vulnerability in our Mm -hmm. own lives. We're all broken. We need a savior, Mm -hmm. and he's freed us. And at the same time, we continue to grow and change. Mm -hmm. And these are very real issues.
0: Thank you so much for, I mean, you approached us with this. So this was your whole, your whole idea. So thank you for bringing this about. And hopefully this does open up the door for people to, um, Mm -hmm. just get better at dealing with, uh, this season. Um, I think the hardest part for me is really not knowing when it ends. And so, um, I'm just really appreciative for, for your heart for, Um, Jesus and for his people and so thank you so much for 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 joining us yeah
1: and Kathy gave me you gave me um, the other day uh, a prayer Mm. and it's from the New Zealand Book of Common Prayer and I'm just going to read that as we're kind of winding things up Mm -hmm. okay so let's let's pray together Um, Lord it is night the night is for stillness let us be still in the presence of God it is night after a long day What has been done has been done. What has not been done has not been done. Let it be. The night is dark. Let our fears of the darkness of the world and of our own lives rest in you. The night is quiet. Let the quietness of your peace enfold us, all dear to us, and all who have no peace. The night heralds the dawn let us look expectantly to a new day new joys new possibilities in your name we pray amen Luke. and
2: isn't it wonderful that jesus is the light of the world even in the midst of the night yes
1: absolutely amen yes
2: absolutely
0: <laughs> Um, We're going to stop now because, as a church, we have a Zoom prayer meeting that begins at 7, and hopefully you'll be able to find the link for that on our Facebook um, or our website. And so part of the reason that we are a praying church is, as I was um, discipling a student today, we were in Philippians 4, and so the whole idea says, Do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to god and so these are anxious times for people and so as a church we want to pray together um and that the god of peace will bring the peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of so much turmoil unknowingness chaos and so thank you so much for joining us um we pray that you would uh share this with somebody that you might Think this would be helpful for and uh we're we're glad to be with you even if it's through your screens so uh god bless good night
1: and i want to hug you kathy like <laughs> bye <laughs>